AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. You are listening to Waiting on Reparations, a production of iHeartRadio. Yo, 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 you don't know us thinking we won't touch like it's hammer time. Wait on reparations and liberation of Palestine. Talents flying, if you criticize, you can chastise. While they turn the city blocks into disaster sites. Take a pic, rasterize, fly it on a panic line. Put it on a screen, let them see and read the caption line. It ain't alright, fuck the far right shit. And millions of people living in apartheid's grip. Black people know the struggle, imperialistic greed. Go ahead and grab a blunt, we gon' tell you what you need. Lingua Frank a dope knife, I don't want no stems or seeds. I'm saying dope shit, hoping you remember me. Oh, oh, living in for me. <laughs> hey. hey. My name is Dope Knife. I'm Lingua Franca. And we are waiting on reparations. And freedom for Palestine. <laughs> and free, yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah, well, okay. Okay, so this is one of those episodes where something's going on in the news or in the world around us that eh, just kind of makes it feel like we have to touch on the subject and we can't just go on with the regular scheduled programming. You know, like, makes us feel like at least we should talk about something that's kind of related to the subject, you know. So with that, we're going to be uh, discussing a little bit about the situation going on in the Middle East with Israel and Palestine. This past Saturday was Nakba Day, the annual commemoration of the destruction of Palestinian villages in 1948 and the expulsion and escape of more than 700,000 Palestinian Arabs, about half of pre-war Palestine's Arab population, um, from their homes during the 1948 Palestine War. I know that you were, we, before that we, you know, started the show, Mac, you were talking about marches going on down in Savannah. Oh, yeah, they were uh, marching earlier today down by City Hall. Um, I mean, I've been seeing a lot of that 
uh, in the news, just like people all over the world marching in solidarity with Palestine. Um, all over the country um, on Saturday, people marched in the streets to show their solidarity with the the folks um, who have been living under occupation and are currently, you know, getting bombed to shit in Palestine. But here in Atlanta, we had, you know, thousands of people march in the streets for Palestinian liberation. And interestingly, the Nakba march in Atlanta ended up joining this justice for Jabril Robinson rally. Jabril Robinson in 2016 was shot twice in the back and once in the head by Atlanta police after leaving an altercation in his girlfriend's house. People are still calling for justice in his name to this day. And so when the marches converged, Jabril's family started chanting Free Palestine and then the Palestinian solidarity marchers began saying, say his name. And it's this beautiful moment where these two movements came together to, to, to like reflect on the, the, the linkages between our struggles and how our liberation is all sort of bound up together. And um, the Black liberation and Palestinian liberation movements actually have a long history of interconnected struggle. Um, and today we, we are going to explore some of those connections between the fights for Black and Palestinian lives, stretching back to the Black liberation movements of the 1960s and 70s, all the way up to what's been going on today. So what is going on today over there? I mean, pretty much in a nutshell, the Israeli military and Hamas are lobbing missiles at each other with people caught in the crossfire. Um, Per the New York Times, a week of fighting has left more than 200 people dead in the Israeli-occupied territories, the vast majority of them Palestinians killed by Israeli airstrikes in the Gaza Strip. The violence has intensified over the past eight days as diplomatic efforts have stalled and Israel has scaled up its bombing campaign against Hamas. The war is being fought on multiple fronts. According to the Israeli Air Force, Hamas, the militant group that rules the Gaza Strip, has fired more than 3,000 rockets towards Israeli cities and towns, killing at least 10 people. Israeli forces and settlers have killed 20 Palestinians during the unrest in the West Bank, a Palestinian human rights group said. And the wave of mob attacks hit at least one mixed Arab Jewish city in Israel. I agree with some people to the extent when they say that the Israeli-Palestinian conflict is very complicated, but there are some things that aren't that complicated. Yeah. Uh, when you know, and like you know, how, and and there, and there are immediate parallels as someone that's been involved in like Black Lives Matter to you know very different in scale but similar in um, in what's the word for it in asymmetricality of force. Um, that we see here and we, we're seeing over there right now. So, yes, motherfuckers are shooting rockets at each other, but you've got one side that has, you know, billions of dollars in military technology and weapons, the backing of the U.S. government, um, a, a Navy, a, an Air Force, a military, um, attacking people who are largely throwing rocks and, yeah, shooting rockets sometimes, but, like, dispossessed from their lands only have electricity several hours a day, many of whom don't have clean drinking water. And so you just have to think about who has got the power to do more harm and how are they using it, Um, which is kind of how I've come to, like, understand, like, even if the history is is very fraught, there's some things that are not fraught. There's very clear uh, asymmetricality in this struggle, similar to when we are out of these protests here in the United States, Someone might throw a water bottle, and next thing we have, no, no, you have rubber bullets shoot, like taking your eye out, uh, tear gas filling your lungs, and the you know f- the 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 state is able to drag you off to jail and and charge you 
um, and sentence you, in, you know, perhaps for decades, for participation in an expression of freedom of speech. And so this asymmetricality between like the powers of a state that's militarized to the teeth, armed to the teeth, funded to the teeth, and the people, you know, in the streets just trying to like maintain and survive um, is part of the lens through which I come to understand what's happening um, in Israel and Palestine right now. Well, the the thing that I'm noticing this go around is just that at least, you know, uh, opinion over the situation there has definitely been traditionally more nuanced and objective in other countries than the U.S., like just historically, like, you know, like for, for, the, for the most part, other countries, you know, the, the general populations kind of, you know, have an understanding that it's like, hey, this this situation is, is you know, Palestine's getting a real raw deal in the situation. Like most people can, can recognize that. But in the here in the U.S., because of obvious propaganda, I think we've all been, you know, like for a long time, people were conditioned to just kind of, you know, toe the line. It's like, nope, uh, terrorists. You know, Israel has to defend themselves. Israel has to defend themselves. And it's like this go around, there seems to be a lot more like public, if not necessarily support, but just like the situation isn't being painted as black and white as it has in the past, just from a like media perspective. I mean, granted, there's tons and tons of awful coverage of this whole situation. If you watch the corporate news oh, but you, at the and same you know, time i could get into some headlines and some like if digging into the grammatical oh, yeah. constructions of age of agency and victimhood or lack thereof in but a lot of these were, new york times articles and just like all over oh. the place sort of erasing the humanity of one side of the people in the struggle for some reason um, no, you, you were mentioning John Oliver had like a scathing session and there was a couple other clips that went viral. Um, I think it was all from MSNBC, but uh, Mehdi Hassan had one. Ali Velshin? Al, yeah, Ali, he, he, had one, he had one as well. And it's just, you know, even back in 2014 when they were going at it, you wouldn't have seen like a segment like that on either on the that channel at yeah all. you wouldn't hear palestinian voices in these conversations no social media particularly i think under the pandemic the way people have become really really in like ensconced in spheres like twitter um yeah. it allows for voices to be elevated that previously would get quashed as well i think through the the radicalization of the general public the shift of the overton window left with regards to the military and policing and this desire for underrepresented voices underrepresented perspectives people are like i like they just want to know like this like they've just we've never been given the chance to understand the palestinian side of this the situation people just are thirsty to hear what like what they have to say I think all of this post, I think the post pandemic era in terms of people's awareness of like global situations and things like that, I think we're going to, we'll be in for a pleasant surprise, at least on that end, because I think it's important. I think this happening now between Israel and Palestine, the way that it's being viewed is very different because it's it's being viewed in a world that's just been shaped by a year of covid 
yeah. and everything that's followed with it. And in America, the election that we just had, the, the trauma, <laughs> the most trauma. trauma that we're going through. You know, so uh, I, I think I think all that makes everybody have like you know more of a unique perspective, and then also you know it's got a new generation that's a lot more progressive and 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 can view things in the light that it, you know I think it should be viewed. Yeah. So that right to just challenge just challenge the dominant narrative, like you just yeah. rather than passively receiving knowledge, just like hmm, like that, like authentically, like there are two sides in this. Yeah. In this, and I want to hear from both of them. Exactly. And when I'm I, and only when I, hearing from, I'm only right. hearing from one side. And when you hear from the other, when you see the children, you know, walking around in the rubble, or you hear the story of the 15 year old kid who threw his self off of the uh, eight story building because his entire family had been obliterated by rockets, like you do with that information what you will. So yeah, you mentioned 2014, one of the uh, more recent uh, flare ups of conflict that I think captured the collective consciousness um, in the United States. And so we're going to get into that, 2014. We're going to go back even farther than that, talk about Malcolm X, talk about uh, Kwame Ture, talk about uh, Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee and various other Black liberation groups that have weighed in on the struggle previously after the jump. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Black power activists have long identified with the Palestinian struggle against Israel, seeing in the former a kindred people of color fighting for freedom against imperialist domination. Now, historically, a bevy of thinkers have seen the United States and Israel as white supremacist settler colonial projects that shared core tenets 
oppressive tactics, aggressive strategies, propaganda techniques, and apparatuses. As a result, key historical figures such as uh, Malcolm X, James Baldwin, Amir Baraka, and various other black organizations, including Student Nonviolent Coordination Committee and the Black Panthers, have all expressed support for Palestine. So, for example, the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, which was a civil rights group formed to give younger black people more of a voice during the civil rights movement, declared its solidarity with Palestine during the Arab-Israeli War in, 1970s, in 1967. A couple years later, the League of Revolutionary Black Workers, formed in Detroit in 1969, was one of the first workers' organizations to take up the cause of Palestinian liberation. Black and Arab auto workers joined together to participate in LRBW-led wildcat strikes, and the group's solidarity with Palestine became a point of struggle between them and the city's ruling class. The LRBW transformed the Wayne State University student newspaper into a radical citywide paper, but after publishing pro-Palestine articles, the administration used false charges of anti-Semitism to launch an all-out attack on the LRBW on campus. So they've been doing that stuff, you know, for 50 years. I That's the aspect of it that really annoys me because it's like my whole shit is I'm just, like, I don't fuck with right-wing stuff. Yeah, like I don't care if the right if the right wing stuff is is white, I don't fuck with it. If the right wing stuff is black, I don't fuck with it. If it's Muslim right wing stuff, I don't fuck with it. And if it's Jewish right wing stuff, I don't fuck with it. You know what I mean? It doesn't so matter. Like, yeah, yeah. Period. And obviously, the world is rife with anti semitism that we have to get rid of that you can easily point to for an example, but simply not the basis of this criticism. My whole shit is I just don't understand how, oh, well, the bad guy was hiding amongst all the kids, so we had to kill everybody. I don't understand how that is the explanation. Yes. Like, how is that a thing? Um, Not to say there isn't anti-Semitism within... Absolutely. um, With, with like, you know, famous figures within, uh, like, Black Liberation struggles historically. You know, Malcolm X the line sometimes and perhaps crossed it um but you know i I think a movement that rejects both of us saying that you can leverage logical critiques you know based on the facts while also you know not smearing a people as necessarily you know uh uh monolithic or you know all all the all these folks you know think this way or something like that like it's it requires nuance but it's critical because we can't fall for the same right wing shit that you know that uh, that we we claim to reject. We can't fall for that shit. We can't we can't exactly. get sucked into that. No, fuck that. I mean, if if some if somebody from like I don't know if somebody from like Norway who was like, man, fuck Trump. It just seems like for my reaction to be like, why are you talking about me? Yeah, like, why would you? Why would you? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> why, oh, you hate America. You hate my family. You hate my family. Yeah. <laughs> nah, man, I hate this guy that's doing racist, like oppressive <laughs> shit to people. This guy right. that's enacting policy. But anyway, so um. So the Black Panther Party was also supporters of the Palestinian struggle. In his article on the Middle East. Black Panther Party leader Huey Newton states, We support the Palestinians' just struggle for liberation 100%. 
we will go on doing this and we would like for all progressive people around the world to join our ranks in order to make a world in which all people can live. As, as, uh, the BPP evolved into an internationalist organization focusing not only on struggle for black liberation in the United States, but seeing the linkages between other uh, resistance movements against um, subjugation of peoples of color and the way that the way that they use similar tactics of militarization and police occupation in other countries, the Black Panther Party recognized that in order to end the oppression of people in the United States, they had to work to end imperialism all over the world because the United States is not only perpetrating a form of genocide against black people here, but, you know, the way that we've been exploiting Africa, the way that we fund uh, the struggles and the way we fund oppression through, um, you know, military coups in South America, like all over the world. We got our fingers in some shit. It's all imperialism. Yeah. And so for them, Palestine was the forefront of that worldwide confrontation. Malcolm X was a known staunch opponent of Zionism. He contended against it in an article that was published by the Egyptian Gazette called Zionist Logic. It was back in 1964. In the document, Malcolm X notes the parallels between subjugation of Palestinians and Africans. He pointed out the strategic value of Israel to world imperialism. He stated, The ever-scheming European imperialists wisely place Israel where she could geographically divide the Arab world, infiltrate and sow seeds of dissension amongst African leaders who also divide the Africans against Asians. Damn, that would have been a good opportunity to do my Denzel Washington voice. So what do you, what do you think about that? He saw how, like, the powers that be, like the elites, they wanted us to, like, to... And, and we see this happening now. Like, oh, well... Um, I didn't see you come out to the, you know, stop Asian hate rally. So why should I put a Black Lives Matter sign in my front yard and vice versa? Or, mm -hmm. oh, we got to, like, look out for our people in our country first so that we can, you know, and fuck whatever is happening in Myanmar or, you know, it, or Vietnam. It, but it's all part of the same system. And, well, same, yeah, and same struggle. Same struggle, yeah. And so we sow dissension among African leaders so they're fighting amongst themselves or, you know, sow hatred for the for Asians among the Africans, or you know, among uh, for Africans among the Asians, that way they can't come together to fucking fight off the people who are really fucking up everyone's shit. Mm -hmm. And he saw that, yeah. And in 1964, actually, he was one of the first African American leaders to meet with the newly formed Palestine Liberation Organization. So fast forwarding a little bit to present, more recently, um, when Israel unleashed war on Lebanon in 2006. Uh, Tony Morrison, along with 17 other prominent intellectuals, issued a very principled statement condemning Israeli aggression and refusing to equivocate in the face of the demonization of the Palestinian National Liberation Forces. It stated the subsequent arguments, accusations, and vows all serve as a distraction in order to divert world attention from the long-term military, economic, and geographic practice whose political aim is nothing less than the liquidation of the Palestine, Palestinian nation. So, like, not... No bosizism coming from Tony Morrison on the shit. The solidarity continues today on many fronts, including support for international boycott, divestment, and sanctions movement. Prominent black intellectuals, including Angela Davis, Cornel West, Alice Walker, they've all endorsed the call for BDS, which, you know, that even in itself has been, you know, a hot button topic. They've actually been passing anti BDS laws where um, companies or or people who are involved in BD in anti or in BDS protests 
or boycotts, they uh, can't get government contracts to do things. So, yeah. for example, if you've been involved in it and you have like a cleaning business, then like they've got your cleaning business on like a list that you can never get like a government contract. I'm just pulling out cleaning business out of the hat, but yeah, like no, you're, absolutely, you know, yeah. It, so that's another point of contention too. So let's let's jump ahead to 2014. Uh, Black Lives Matter starts popping off in Ferguson, Missouri. There was a famous, well, not, well, he got famous through this, uh, Palestinian activist by the name of Bassam Masri, who was very engaged in the protests in St. Louis after Mike Brown was murdered, live-streamed lots of events around Ferguson during the uprising, and was arrested and interrogated in the protests. And actually, he was one of many Ferguson activists who has died since 2014, which we talked a little bit about in our very our second episode, Wiretap Raps. But um, at the time of the Ferguson protest, Masri wrote, when Mike Brown was murdered in Ferguson, my people in Gaza were being slaughtered by Israel in Operation Protective Edge. The timing of the two events woke up a lot of people. When Mike was killed, much of the media started demonizing him and the protesters, often the same sources that blame Palestinians for their own deaths in Gaza. He went on to say, when the police used military tanks and checkpoints to imprison the residents of Ferguson, I was reminded of life in the West Bank, where I saw the Israeli military use the same tactics of repression. Our common goal is to live in peace and to not fear our children's lives when they are walking down the street. That same summer, at the beginning of the Black Lives Matter, Israel launched yet another military assault in Gaza, killing more than 2,200 Palestinians, including 500 children. And people like Angela Davis have uh, highlighted the links between Israel's widespread use of detention and imprisonment against Palestinian, the way it evokes the same kind of mass incarceration black people in the United States experience. Um, companies like G4S profit off the racist mass incarceration of both African Americans in the United States and Palestinians in Palestine. Uh, G4S describes itself as the world leading provider in security solutions and provides security services for over 40 embassies around the world. They've supplied security equipment, services, and maintenance for use at Israeli prisons, checkpoints, and settlements in the West Bank, including the highly controversial Israeli West Bank barrier. In October 2010, three G4S guards restrained and held down 46-year-old Angolan deportee Jimmy Mumbenga on departing British Airways Flight 77. This is at Heathrow Airport. Security guards kept him restrained in his seat as he began shouting and seeking to resist his deportation. Later, the guards were accused of forcing Mbenga's head down as he sat, handcuffed from behind, for 36 minutes. The restraint technique is, uh... The restraint technique used is known as carpet karaoke, and it's known to create risk of asphyxia. Mumbenga was pronounced dead later that evening in Hillington Hospital. So in October 2013, the BBC reported allegations of prisoners being tortured at Mengwang Prison in South Africa. The BBC cited research from Wits Justice Project at Wits University in Johannesburg, which claimed that dozens of the nearly 3,000 inmates of the G4S prison had been tortured using electroshock and forced injections. And then, this is a fucking That's- crazy twist. Um, in June 2016, G4S employee Omar Mateen, um, via the U.S. subsidiary G4S Secure Solutions, was identified as a perpetrator of the 2016 Orlando nightclub shooting, the second deadliest mass shooting in U.S. history. Which, okay. The others, the other instances highlight the way that, like, this one company with global reach is perpetrating similar kinds of violence on people of color in countries all over the world, whether it's in Palestine, whether it's in the United Kingdom, whether it's in South Africa, 
whether it's um, in, there's another incident that happened, I think it was in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, and then the way that these people are trained in violence ends up eking out into the way they deal with people in the, 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 their day-to-day life. So this guy who worked for G4S goes on to fucking slaughter 50 uh, LGBTQ people in a nightclub. Because on his day job, he's a part of the system that's killing people, all over, that's dehumanized people all over the world. So all around the world, this company's making money off incarcerations and sometimes torturing and killing people of color. And as part of the Black Liberation of Palestine solidarity movement involves understanding these global systems of capital and power, how they're used against people of color in different countries, and how liberation for us all involves taking these systems down. So yeah, if you take down, you take down G4S, that's Palestinian liberation. That's liberation for the people in South Africa. That's liberation for the young folks in Jacksonville, Florida, that are li- that are in child detention facilities. Like that's that's the, that's kind of the link that people in the Black Lives Matter movement and the you know in the uh, Palestinian, Palestinian liberation movements are coming to see these days. Well, one thing I think is really beautiful is that the way that under this bombardment, under this oppression, under the, living in this open air prison, the people of Palestine have shown up for the Black Lives Matter movement, perhaps in, in a way that I don't think was reciprocated until recently. So with the acquittal of George Zimmerman in the case of Trayvon Martin's murder, as it sparked outrage and demonstrations all over the United States and all over the world, Palestinians took to the streets and circulated pictures of themselves holding signs that read, Palestinians stand with those who mourn Trayvon Martin's death. We know what it feels like to lose loved ones and watch the murderers evade justice. So they were out there in the streets for us way before Honestly, way before I think, like there was a mass movement in the United States here, yeah, reciprocating that support. Circling back to the story of Jabril Robinson and the Atlanta police here in Georgia, there exists a unique relationship between the military and police oppression experienced by the Palestinians and the police violence in which Black Georgians are subjected. We return to considering the Gilly program. It's a law enforcement exchange between law, uh, police officers in Georgia and law enforcement officials in Israel to like learn okay. tactics from one each other. So it started yeah. in preparations to secure ni- uh, the 1996 Olympic Games in Atlanta, Georgia State University, and the law enforcement community established the Georgia International Law Enforcement Exchange, Gilly. The program um, was given three objectives, to enhance interagency cooperation between the state of Georgia law enforcement agencies and the police for- uh, force of, Isra- of the state of Israel, to offer an educational professional program to senior Israeli law enforcement officials in Georgia to offer an educational professional program for senior Israeli law enforcement officials, primarily in the areas of counterterrorism and drug interdiction. So effectively, these motherfuckers just learning fucked up shit from each other. Going over to Israel, learn how to brutalize people, fuck people up, bring it back to Georgia, shoot Jabril Johnson twice in the back as he's walking away. When I lived in Africa, Cameroon specifically, there was definitely like a contingent of some Israeli military that were training the Cameroonian military. They export their tactics and and, and hardware, you know, all over the world. So Gilly, with the Israeli law enforcement as their primary exchange partners, teaches police officials the tactics of militarized police forces that treat communities as enemies. For example, Gilly has taught that officers should inspire fear by racking their firearms when they holster them flash their vehicles blue lights when patrolling neighborhoods and limit free speech by targeting incitement to quote unquote. So in addition to the abuses we've seen by global companies like G4S, there's programs like Gilly 
that like literally give opportunity for these motherfuckers to like learn the worst of each other's shit and bring it back yeah. to wherever they live. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn. Alliances will shift and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash the shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality potency and consistency scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality visit lazarusnaturals.com today lazarus naturals committed to improving your life as well as the world around you not available in idaho iowa or south dakota snag a job is where america goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over six million active hourly workers Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. But in the spirit of Palestinian solidarity this week... We're going to be checking out some tracks by some Palestinian hip-hop artists. So, yeah, what, we, what you got for us this week, Mac? All right. So, first up, we got the group DAM, or D-A-M. They are founded in 1999 by brothers Tamer and Chanel Nafar and their friend Madhu Jiri. I think that I'm, that's not how you pronounce it, I assure you. Um, their songs are largely about racism and poverty. It's protest-driven stuff, um, centering around the fight against oppression, Israeli occupation, uh, drugs, and the fight for women's rights. So let's check out their uh, what was their first breakthrough single almost 15 years ago. It's a song called uh, Min, Ira- Min Irabi, or Who is, Who's the Terrorist? Min Irabi, Anarhabi. So they talk about how, like, oh, you're the witness, you're the lawyer, and the judge. Like, you control every arm of the uh, of the judicial system. So of course you're gonna, like, you know, what what justice can exist for me if, like, the folks that have already decided I'm a terrorist are the ones controlling every aspect of my judgment and sentencing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, it's, 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 it's an excavation of the underlying sources of aggression, of Palestinian aggression. Like, well, if, of course I ended up a like, quote-unquote terrorist. Like, you buried my parents under rubble. Uh, yeah. You know, like, what? I don't know what else you think I'm supposed to do. 
I like that hook, the uh, refrain, uh, who's the terrorist? Am I a terrorist? Who's the terrorist? Yo, like, that's I just kind of fire. Yeah, that's actually pretty Yeah, dope. no, yeah. It, it is, it is fire. It, it, it definitely, like the instrumental, it's got that, um, like, it's either like a single, you know, single individual key sort of piano riff sample, which is like really reminiscent of like, that early immortal technique or uh uh jedi mind tricks sort of style where it's like it's it's like that early 2000s political rap beat yeah yeah. (laughs) like pretty much it's it's like pretty understated and it just lets the lyrics do all the talking yeah beautiful yeah exactly no that was fly um and now we're gonna switch it up because uh you know damn is probably uh the premier Palestinian uh, rap group. So they've been around for a while now. So, yeah. you know, we're going back to the early 2000s. So we're going to flash forward in time and check out something that's a bit new from them. Um, this song, I could not... This Oh, this does have the the translation in it. This is their uh, song, Mildurat. <laughs> Yo, this sounds like some Missy Elliott, like, fake Timberland beat. I just noticed a parallel. So he says, should I pay off my debts or fight the system? It reminds me of that line from the Vince Staples song. Um, it's caught between my conscience and the skin that's on my body. Man, I need to fight the power, but I need that new Ferrari. Like, uh, like same shit, same shit. We all talking about the same thing. All right, I just stopped it. Okay. This yeah, so it's like a... Spotify. It's sort of like a... I don't even want to say it's like a clubby joint, but it's definitely like a lot more accessible. Like if the first joint was kind of like their underground early 2000s sort of, sort of banger, oh, this, this is yeah. a very, very modern, but still in keeping with what they do, but it's very like made for for mainstream consumption oh yeah this if this shit is what's this if you're gonna go throw rocks at the idf this is this is the shit you put on to get hyped up exactly yeah um it's it's like uh you know they're they're talking about the powers that be uh trying to keep us separated and not have us unify you know unify like we're talking about in this episode but there's a one line that stood out i like that it was uh you know they spend billions of dollars to keep us separated that's the thing that's the thing yeah that's a direct indictment of the infusion of of uh dollars the billions of dollars in military aid to uphold this our apartheid regime. When we were listening to it, I was uh, mentioning that it gave me Missy Elliott vibes. The instrumental was very. The instrumental sounded like if you went on YouTube and found like Timberland type beat. Yeah, you know, yeah, one yeah. of those. You know, not, not to disrespect, it just it sounded very Timberland influence but that that era of timberland you know what i'm saying and and they were rocking it the video also is dope uh, it starts off with all three of the members heads on the ground yeah with uh, the under boots sort of, yeah yeah with boots on top of it sort of like they're in an interrogation room they got some uh, yeah, choreographed no, dance moves with some strobe lights going on later on in the yeah yeah, they had that B boy B girl vibe with the dancers. Yeah, no, it was that was really fresh, that and was that fresh. was 2019 too. So Damn, yeah. yeah, yeah, like you just you just heard Mariah said she's putting that in her Spotify pl- playlist. So that shit is 
Certif- we don't we don't normally do it, but that shit is certified, certified waiting on dope. reparations yes. fresh. Yes. <laughs> so for this uh, last track, we're going to go to a English speaking rapper, a Palestinian Canadian rapper who uh, I first heard of him from a pretty poppin' freestyle that he did on some radio thing that was a YouTube clip for a while. But this is the rapper Belly. He's also a singer and songwriter as well. But uh, this is his track, uh, History of Violence. Let's check this shit. What happened to Palestinian rights, Lebanese freedom, a war aimed at civilian life? I like that he's like, I'm not trying to say that we're perfect, you know, like he admits that, like, yo, yeah, we kind of, you know, there's been some fucked up shit, but there's a history of violence. You got to understand the whole, like, where all of this began, like, who did what to whom, when, and to what degree, which, again, comes back to that asymmetricality I was talking about at the top, um, in order to, like, understand how things became the way that they are. That was fresh. You know, it started off kind of wobbly for me personally, as far as like the styles I like, but he picked it up, especially with that second verse. He, um, one of the things that I, I really appreciated him mentioning was, uh, the second or third class apartheid level living conditions that Palestinians have to live in. Yeah. Uh, not, not having uh, the proper municipalities running water or you know what I mean and, and stuff like that um, yeah no that was I'm still kind of taken aback that was I'd recommend y'all go listen to that full song that was yeah and it's like dope. it's like couching a bit of like direct material historical context but like if you strip that out it's, it sounds like it could have been written in Compton it sounds like it mm-hmm. could have been written in Ferguson yeah. it sounds like it could have been written in Chicago given that he's like a actual songwriter like he he writes for other people and stuff too i kind of the sense that i got from it i have no idea because i'm not in his head but the sense that i got from it is that was the intent of that song was to rap about it in a way that it could just be like he was rapping about compton or rapping about any hood that we you know what i mean that 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 people could recognize here in the u.s but rapping but what it, like that he's actually talking about is palestine and yeah i, I, I thought that is a cool concept too yeah the instrumental the instrumental was um it 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 left some to be desired um not that it was bad but you know it's just kind of like you know standard. it's a little basic yes yeah, i mean yeah but then again that, it, that's it, a it, testament to belly because yeah. His lyrics, like his his pen game, yeah. was so strong with that I first, was engaged yeah. the whole time. As with um, in the first damn song we listened to, like the beat is understated so in order for the songwriting to shine. I felt like, mm-hmm. like you're listening very intently to the words because you're not like bopping your head that hard to the 808s or anything. And I I dig how like his uh, I felt like the more that the song went on, the more. Uh, complex i guess he started to rhyme you know what i mean it mm-hmm. started off very basic which for me was like oh okay so that's that's the sort of rapper that he is you know what i mean and it's yeah. like as you got into the middle of the first verse he started picking it up and in the second verse he just started going in like oh oh oh, oh okay like yeah so it, it's the, the song covers a lot of fronts it's it's got really good rapping and you know the the subject matter and how he's going about discussing it is is a pretty fresh take. 
Yeah, well, that's all we got for this week. Please go check out these artists and support, um, as well as, you know, advocate for the dismantling of the military-industrial complex and the prison-industrial complex worldwide. Um, preach. Preach. <laughs> my name's Dope Knife. Oh, um, wait, 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 wait. Well, how the hell am I, like, trying to close this shit off? Like, you, I'm just trying to, like, end shit. Like, niggas ain't rap. I'm just trying to, like... Rap. Like, I'm like, nah, Rude. we can't even do it like that. I'm, I'm sorry, y'all. Like, how could I forget? Hey, my homie Joel, can we can we get an instrumental, please? Oh, 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 yeah. I was going to start. <laughs> I fucked up. Yo, 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 yo. I don't got a toolie to spit When it comes to written verses I am truly legit On another different curb Ain't in school with you pricks Cause when I drop Give the urge Kick a dude in the shit Proving it this Spit obscene words And then I dip I stack my bread And that means work And I persist I mix the red And the green herb And I equip Come off the head With a mean verse And let it rip I can't rip Cause I lost my place Danger, danger I've lost the space <laughs> And I've lost some pace I'm a critic With awesome take <laughs> That's fucking ridiculous Yo, yo, my name's Dope Knife. I'm Lingua Franca. And we are waiting on reparations. See you next week. See you next week. Listen to Waiting on Reparations on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshy to get a fifty percent discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July fourteenth. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.